Welcome to this edition of the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Podcast. Great to have you with us, along with Chris Dorch. I'm Kevin Ingram. I'm going to talk some hoops. Our guest today is Dan Bonner, a longtime TV analyst. He played at Virginia back in the day, uh, these days with the ACC Network, and of course you've seen him for years on uh, CBS's coverage of the NCAA tournament. So looking forward to speaking with Dan in just a bit. Chris, what's happening with you, my friend? Oh, man, uh, we're, uh, we've got books in, in from the printer. Uh, Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, and we are uh, frantically mailing them out. I say frantic not because we're freaking on our end, but we just want to get them in a hurry into the hands of our readers. So many readers say it's it's like Christmas in October when they get the book, or uh, now the season can begin, that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> you know, I just try to treat my fans and, and well, our readers – like I would want to be treated because when I was a kid, I could not wait every September until street and Smith hit the newsstand. And uh, I've still got the first one I ever bought. It had pistol Pete on the cover. Uh, That dates me a little, but you know, to be able to be the editor and publisher of a book that is regarded as a latter day street and Smith, it's the ultimate honor in my career. And uh, now, is this the part where they, where you end up uh, having your your folks who help you wrap you in bubble wrap and send you off to? Is that how this works? We one of my buddies that helps is a photographer, and he thought that would be a funny <laughs> gag. But you know that stuff is hot, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can I was, imagine. <laughs> I was baking in there. It's kind of like the old the old legend, um, Buddy Epson, who played Jed Clampett. Uh-huh. Uh, he was the original Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. And when they put that silver uh, paint on him, the poor dude almost croaked. And I kind of <laughs> felt like him when they dressed me up in all that bubble wrap. So, uh, yeah, weird stuff. Yeah, Chris has a lot more heart than, than that dude did, though. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the AP Top 25. It is out. The SEC has a handful of teams in the Top 25. Talk about those in a moment. But Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, Villanova, Texas, the top five, rest of the top ten, Michigan, Purdue, Baylor, Duke, Kentucky. Uh, SEC teams, Arkansas 14, or Alabama 14, Arkansas 16, Tennessee number 18, and Auburn ranked number 22. Line up pretty similar to uh, what what Blue Ribbon has? It it, it is very similar. Uh, They had UConn and Virginia. Uh, I, I don't know the other one off the top of my head, but I know we had Mississippi State. Um I think Mississippi State is loaded. They they really uh, mine the portal for some some great talent that'll fit in with the two component parts they already had uh, a great big and a great point guard. So uh, yeah, that's but otherwise pretty much the same. Uh, I thought a little higher of Tennessee, I think, yeah. than most people do. And of course, I I was able to see them up close and you know personal in the summer and watch them practice and. You know, I, I guess I have a little insider knowledge, uh, uh, and, and that led me to rank them higher than than most, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, a few things are different. Blue Ribbon has Tennessee 10th, and AP has Tennessee 18th. Uh, most of the top 10 is pretty much the same, maybe a little bit uh, different order of the teams here and there. But, yeah, you mentioned Mississippi State Blue Ribbon uh, has the Bulldogs at number 24. But yeah, these things kind of are what they are. They're sort of a, a starting point for the conversation that will last throughout the season. And in the end, the the national rankings don't matter as much as the other metrics when it comes to uh, putting together teams for the NCAA tournament. 
Oh, that's really true, Kevin. I, I mean, I've, I've heard Mark Few say this a lot, uh, and because he's been preseason number one two or three times now, and and they're more interested in what the rankings are at the end of the season, not the beginning. This is certainly a, a great starting point, but it's also, you know, conversely, it's, it's a target on your back, too. Sure. You yep. get everybody's best shot. Um, you know, I never could understand that overrated chant that, that home teams uh, give when they <laughs> upset somebody because it's like you don't want to demean your victory, do you? you? You just beat the number one team in the country and you're calling them overrated. I guess that means it's not a big deal for you, huh? Yeah, you, you but, uh, yeah, you want to uh, to give yourself the most credit. That never seems like you, you're, you're doing that. Oh no, no, yeah, they should say underrated. Under. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it it there's so many metrics now, and and it's a starting point. You do the best you can. Uh, I think most of us that are in the business of putting these preseason top twenty fives together are in agreement about most of the teams. Uh, I'm proud that Blue Ribbon always kind of pulls one out of the hat. Last year, Alabama was our yep. was our boys, and and they, I if anything, I underrated those guys. And this year, I really do think Mississippi State. I, I mean, I actually, I texted Ben Howland about it, uh, you know, because I know he'll shoot straight with me, and he he's a great basketball mind. Uh, every time I talk to that guy, I, I learn a ton. But I said, Coach, is this legit? And, and he said, you know what? I, I think it is. The deal is Rocket Watts, the transfer from Michigan State, he had hip surgery, was going to be out four months. And if he's okay, uh, I think this is a, a team worthy of the top 25, and I think they'll prove it. Also, as we uh, talk about the, the preseason rankings, it's the, the, the season for preseason all conference and all American teams and the uh, Bobby Bob Cousy point guard of the year award candidates are out there as well. Interesting list. Now we're kind of in the heart of sec country. So I'll kind of give you a few of the ones uh, that, that people around here may know most Javon Quinterly from Alabama. You got severe Wheeler who transferred from Georgia to Kentucky Kennedy Chandler, talented young player for Tennessee, Scotty Pippen jr. Who I will see a lot this season uh, from Vanderbilt. One uh, notable exception, I thought, and, and maybe I have a little bit of local bias and other biases uh, with the Bruins with my time there, but I, um, I was really surprised that Grayson Murphy wasn't listed on the listed on the uh, the preseason uh, point guard of the year watch list uh, for the Bob Cousy Award. Uh, Grayson's had a fantastic career. He's back for a fifth season with the Bruins. I know they're they're thrilled to have him. That guy, to me, could start for just about anybody in the country. But uh, this list, man, you look up and down, it's a really talented group of guys. As, you know, you talk about teams, and it always sort of starts with that point guard uh, everywhere in the country. Yeah, of course, you're talking about Belmont. You were on the mic there for 18 years, and now you're going to get to see another great point guard as the play-by-play man for Vanderbilt. I, I, I voted, I've been on the Cousy panel, uh, served with honor for about 15 years now. And Grayson Murphy was on my list, I can tell you that. Uh, he, did, he doesn't have the, uh, the high assist totals that some of them do. But if you look at his all-around stats, you know, he's the best rebounding point guard in the country. Uh, he's got as good a vision as anybody that's out there. He's turned himself into a lot better shooter. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He he could start for a lot of these teams. A couple of surprises to me, and I didn't have them on my list, but I can see that they're worthy. Devontae Jones from Michigan, he's the transfer from Coastal Carolina. Last year he was a Sun Belt Player of the Year, 
and he's a good rebounding guard too. Got great vision, tough as nails. Um, this is a funny story. A couple of years ago when there was a hurricane, it chased the Coastal Carolina players uh, out of uh, Myrtle Beach. And he came up to Chattanooga, where I live, to hang with some buddies at a, at a local NAI school. He gets in a pickup game and breaks his foot. And, you know, he, he's having a hard time deciding how to tell Cliff Ellis, the coach, why he broke his foot and why he was playing in pickup games. <laughs> he was supposed to be out for like four months. He missed one game. Uh, and he wasn't – he had a great season despite not being 100%. But that was a pleasant surprise for me to see Devontae Jones of Michigan up there too. See, I thought the story might be that that he told you – it's like, hey, hey, Chris, can you help me out a little bit with Coach Ellis here? You, you've known him for a long time. Maybe maybe smooth things over a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, Coach, you know, he's seen it all by now. I think he's 74, 75 years old, and um, he's been on the job, I think, the third longest in the country behind Coach K and Coach Beheim. And he, he just kind of shook his head and grinned. You know, he says, boys will be boys, you know. That's right. Uh, less than a month out from the season getting started. I don't know about you. I'm pretty fired up. November 9th is the start date, and you're going to have that Champions Classic on that day with Kentucky and Duke and Kansas and Michigan State. And There's a lot of good matchups just in that first week. Man, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about getting this thing underway. Uh, for us with Vanderbilt, we start on, on uh, November the 10th, and uh, Vanderbilt will play Alabama State to start the season. But, yeah, I'm just, just ready to get it going. We'll see some hoops. Yeah, me too. I, I have not. This is crazy. Last year, because of the pandemic, I, you know, I hadn't had an opportunity. Well, I, I got my vaccine in March and my second in April. And I, but prior to that, I just didn't feel comfortable going out. And it was the first time since I was a freshman in college that I did not see a live college basketball game. So that's a long streak that got sure. broken. And yep. my heart got broken along with it. Uh, you know, it's my element. Somebody was asking me the other day about SEC football, and I, I'll, I'll say, to be honest with you, you could count on one hand the SEC football games I've attended. And they said, oh, yeah, you're you're a basketball specialist, aren't you? And I said, with pride. <laughs> uh, not that I don't like football. I do. But um, I have been a specialist. You could throw golf in there, too, I guess. But, um, yeah, this time of year I start to get really fired up. I'm uh, going to go around and see a couple more teams practice, and that's always cool to to see everybody again and, and you know, kind of get a handle. Coaches will give you a handle on their team, and they'll also, off the record, give you a handle what they think about yep. the rest of the league and maybe the rest of the country too. So uh, I think I'm going to meet up with our buddy Fran Fraschilla at one of those practices. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, when uh, whenever he gets back from Alaska, last time we uh, spoke, he was he was on an, an Alaska tour. Yeah, I, 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 he is back. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, he called me. He called me the other day, dude. He he is moving to Colorado. Oh wow. Uh, he said that you know he, he was living in Dallas and, and he says it just got so darn hot down there, and uh, he wanted to go to a place where, and he he definitely increased his elevation. And uh, it might take him a little while to get, to get into game shape up there, but <laughs> right. it's definitely going to be cooler for him. Uh, uh, going to see him, like I said, he's coming to the Southern Conference Media Day next week. I, I kind of helped set that up, and uh, he's looking forward to that. And then he's going to jet down to, to Knoxville, uh, where 
He knows Rick Barnes. He was on Rick Barnes' staff at Providence. So they go, those guys go back a long way. Yeah, you're talking about uh, SEC football. Uh, of course, I I work on the Vanderbilt broadcast for the football games. In the last two weeks, we've been to Florida and South Carolina. And I found myself before each game sort of wandering over to, to take a look inside the basketball arena. I did that uh, down in Gainesville. Uh, the O'Connell Center, Exact Tech Arena, as they call it now, is right across the street from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. So I took a peek inside there and did the same thing last week. I walked down the street from our hotel to the uh, Colonial Life Arena where South Carolina plays. They have the new uh, Asia Wilson statue outside, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, I checked out both of those, and I said, I will be back this winter. I'll see you guys uh, down the road here in a couple months. That reminds me, dude, we must mention this. You were at the uh, Vanderbilt at Florida game and made it back to see the Rolling Stones in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> I did. Were, were you there with plenty of time to spare? Oh, yeah. You know, we got there in time for the opening act and everything. Uh, it, it worked out well. I, I'd been worrying about what the game time was going to be, and it turned out to be an 11 a.m. Central time kickoff. So we started doing the math, me and a, a couple buddies, like, I think this might work. And Amy was all fired <laughs> up. She's like, we got to go. You know, if, if, if this is going to work out, we can uh, figure it all out. So, yeah, uh, we, we landed back in Nashville probably about five thirty six o'clock. The show was supposed to start at 7.30, and uh, Amy met us downtown and, and went on over to a Nissan Stadium, just walked across the bridge over there and uh, and, and got there in plenty of time to, to see the opening act and everything, and uh, it, it was an awesome show. Chris, I missed you, buddy. I, I wish you could have been there. I hope next oh. time uh, it comes around uh, that we'll all be able to go together. But uh, it, it was a fantastic show, and it was just fun to see those guys. You, you know, you look out, you look at them, and they're seventy-eight years old. Uh, Mick and Keith, I think, are, are both right around there, and 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 Ronnie Woods about seventy-four, seventy-five. To be out there and be able to do and, that and stuff. And looks 80. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, to be able to do that stuff on that stage for two and a half hours is just unbelievable. It, it, was, it was just a great show. It was so much fun. Second time I've seen those dudes, and uh, I hope it won't be the last. You, you never know when the last time's going to be. And, of course, Charlie Watts passed away not long ago. They did a really cool tribute to him before the show started. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. It was a doubleheader, and I was glad that our seats were – where they were and that we didn't really have to stand up a lot unless you just wanted to during the concert you know some of those shows you go to you got to stand up the whole time and after doing the the, the sidelines for the football game i was kind of happy to be able to just sit and, and enjoy the show that that's a cool double header the only thing i've got that's close uh, one year i went to a master's practice round monday morning uh, battling food poisoning, I might add. Oh my! And, and went went to the national championship game in Atlanta that night. And I said, "Food poisoning, be dang! <laughs> Nothing is stopping me from doing this doubleheader." I chug-a-lugged a whole bottle of Pepto, and uh, I made it through. Man, that, that was my best double-double, uh, one-day double-double in, in in my career, and I don't think I'll pass that. That was your, that was like the Chris Dorch version of the Michael Jordan flu game or something like that, huh? Yeah, oh man, I was really sick. I <laughs> I can pinpoint the exact moment. It was at a party of a shoe company that shall remain nameless. I ate a shrimp and and knew the second I it was down that I was in trouble. Yep, that and I was. It was bad news. Yeah. Chris, we are joined now by ACC Network and CBS College Basketball Analyst and one of the great ones, Dan Bonner. Dan, what's going on? Well, not a great deal. Just uh, getting ready for college basketball. Dan, I, I was doing some research uh, prior to the show, and I, it's hard 
to believe how the years get behind us. You've been doing this since you've been doing this since 83. And to me, uh, it's not the NCAA tournament unless I hear your voice. Uh, and any game that you do to me is an education. So I looked up some, some comments that some of your broadcast partners have said about you. Bob Rathman said he could match wits with any analyst out there. He will beat them on prep. He'll beat them on rules. He'll beat them on working with his partner. Kevin Harlan says, uh, I'm probably my most comfortable when working with Dan of all the people I work with. Can you talk about that? Because I think you're one of the best all time. Uh, you're a ACC legend now with Bones McKinney and Billy Packer. Well, you know, I, I don't know about that. Those guys really are ACC legends. And you have to take what Bob and Kevin say with a grain of salt because they're two of my best friends. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I have been I have been very, very fortunate. Actually, the first basketball game that I did on television was in November 1980. Uh, I did that wow. for uh, C.D. Chesley. It was the last of the old, and I'm sure you remember them, Chris, the old big tournaments. Uh, yep. It was the last one. And so that was my first basketball on television. And I worked for Mr. Chesley that year, the 80-81 season, did four or five games. Uh, and that was the last year that he had the contract. And then the next year, the contract went to some outfit called Metro Sports. And I started working for Rick Ray uh, at Raycom. Uh, and we did ACC teams against non-conference opponents but basically, we did the old Metro Conference, yep. Cincinnati and Memphis yep. State and Virginia Tech. And there were some great games. And then the next year, the 82-83 season, is when I started working for on the ACC package with the partnership between Raycom and Jefferson Pilot. My first NCAA tournament game was actually for NCAA Productions. And it was uh, in the 1986 NCAA tournament. Actually, the very first NCAA tournament game I did – was the game between Cleveland State and Indiana. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So I just – I say that because I think that's just an illustration of how fortunate that I have been uh, to be in the right place at the right time and to be able to work with fabulous people like Bob Rathbun and Kevin Harlan uh, throughout more than 40 years. I, I've been very blessed. I wanted to ask you I, – I was reading that it was Kevin's idea that, that you guys uh, – pick up that guy, what's his name, Reggie Miller, I think, uh, and, and go three in a booth. Uh, and Kevin, again, says uh, a great comment about you, that you're the center of that triumvirate. But R Reggie's, I think, funny and articulate, and I love Kevin Harlan's play-by-play. Uh, -play. That, that's a good little group, isn't it? Can you talk about working with that in a trio like that? Oh, it's, it's a great group, and working working a three-person booth is not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. You have to work with people who are willing to set their egos aside for the good of the team, for the good of the broadcast, and certainly uh, both Reggie and Kevin are that way. I, I would disagree with Kevin again. Kevin is the one who keeps that all together. Kevin is the one who uh, – you know, sort of manages that. And he couldn't manage that, uh, except that Reggie Miller is such a wonderful human being. I, I agree with you. I think he's got really nice insight. He's got a good feel for the game. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh, so, I, again, it, it's uh, I've never worked with a bad person doing the NCAA tournament, but 
since I fell into like a pig falling into the mud with Kevin and Reggie. <laughs> it has been just wonderful. Visiting with Dan Bonner, and you know, what one more uh, about Kevin Harlan? Are you sometimes amazed at how fast he can describe things and just process that that much information? Uh, that that to me is amazing. About you know, listening to him, whatever the sport he's calling. Well, Kevin, Kevin really is amazing. But I think my favorite thing about Kevin Harlan is his ability to laugh. Uh, he really enjoys himself, and he does it. He does it on the air and off the air. Yeah. Uh, we were doing an NCAA tournament one time in Chicago, and my son lives in Chicago, and so he was hanging out with, with us, and we were all in an elevator. Uh, Reggie and Kevin and my son and I were in, ele- in an elevator, and two elderly women got on the elevator, and they were standing in the front, and we were standing in the back, and we're just riding up, and nobody's saying anything, and Kevin, just out of nowhere, says, well, Dan, how does it feel after all these years to finally be out on parole? <laughs> and literally, <laughs> women hit the button on the elevator and got off the elevator. Uh, so that, is, that is Kevin Harlan. He loves to laugh. Uh, he's extremely well prepared. And uh, he is a great, great broadcaster, but he's a better guy. So uh, I really, I, I've been very blessed to be able to, in fact, I worked with Kevin for a number of years on the NSA tournament before we started working with Reggie. So uh, Kevin and I have been together a long time, and it's been a very good time for me. Of course, the uh, the big story in the ACC this season will be the, the farewell to Coach K at Duke. What do you feel like his lasting contribution to the game will be? Well, you know, you have to – I think you have to say, no matter how – even like the, 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 the most ardent North Carolina fan or the most ardent Virginia fan, people who, you know, are going to be very happy to see uh, Mike Krzyzewski go, would have to admit that without question, uh, if he's not the greatest college basketball coach ever, he's certainly the greatest coach of his generation, sure. of, of his time. Uh all his NCAA championships, but even more than that, his representation of our country uh, uh, with the, the international team, the Olympic gold medals, the world championships, and his his desire and his ability to be a spokesman for the game. Uh, I think that that will all be missed. He's been a great uh, great leader for college basketball, and it'll just be very interesting because his leaving sort of overshadows what I think is the other big storyline he's leaving in much a different way than Roy Williams at North Carolina did uh and so the other thing is here's Hubert Davis Mm -hmm. taking over at North Carolina so you have and of course it'll be John Shire uh next season uh at Duke but I think Coach K's farewell tour and uh Hubert Davis's first tour uh are a very interesting couple of interesting things going on in the conference Dan, um, I, I think it's funny that you mentioned that I have not – I wanted to put Coach K on our cover of Blue Ribbon, which you've – I appreciate your support over the years buying the book. And not not one person has complained. Uh, and, you know, there's people that don't like him uh, because they think Duke is entitled or whatever, but they, they forget to realize he's earned that entitlement. But not one complaint – about him being on the cover. I wrote a little column. I think he's the GOAT, uh, but that was pretty cool. One thing I wanted to ask you about, I was fortunate enough to spend my last uh, year in high school in Woodbridge, Virginia, so I was able to follow the Virginia teams that you were on, and 
and I'm you know sorry. I've liked for, <laughs> well you and Wally Walker made a great duo um can you talk about the job Terry Holland did such a great job there uh can you talk about the job that Tony Bennett has done uh I think it's nothing short of amazing the way that that he he always has the next man up mentality uh and and they always seem to stay old in an era where that's hard to do. It's, it's Tony obviously has done a fabulous job. Uh, Coach Holland uh, and and Jeff Jones, who followed him, got the program to a certain point, and then they they just sort of hit a lull. Uh, but I think Tony Bennett was a perfect hire for them. Uh, somebody who didn't who could be successful without having the top two or top three recruiting class every year. Somebody who could develop, not, not that other coaches can't develop players. And that's not what I'm saying, but he develops them in sort of a different way. Uh, and, but I think he's just the perfect fit for Virginia. He fits in with that. Uh, uh, he participates in the community in Charlottesville, I guess is what I'm saying. And uh, the people at Virginia are thrilled that they never have to pick up the newspaper and read about, you know, anything, all the other stuff you read about with many other programs. Uh, if you're a Virginia fan, you can go to bed at night and you just don't have to worry about that. But uh, he is he is such a, uh, a genuine human being. And I think that comes across and I think that comes across with his players. That's not to say he's not a demanding coach. He certainly is. But uh, I think that he has uh, he's really the first guy since Terry Holland and Jeff Jones who's been able to unlock that potential in Virginia and uh, I know that they're very pleased to have him, and and they should be. They're very fortunate to have him. Visiting with Dan Bonner, uh, ACC Network and CBS College basketball analyst. Give us a team or two that maybe is a little under the radar in the ACC as you see it going into this season. Well, you know, they're not under the radar, but I, what I, one of the things I say every year is that wherever people pick Florida State to finish, they will do better than that. Right. Um, yeah. No, they will do better than that. And it doesn't matter, you know, who they lost and who they have. Uh, they'll do better than that. Uh, you know, Virginia, I think, uh, Chris, you mentioned that Tony Bennett's able to get old and stay old. Well, that's not really the case this year. He's got new people and he's dealing with maybe on a little bit higher scale, the transfer portal and those kinds of things. So I think that this year, you know, you're coming back there. you got people who have that super senior year in certain places. You've got uh, really a disruptive kind of thing from a coach's standpoint, not a kid's standpoint. I'm not criticizing with the wide open transfer rules. And then you have, of course, your normal recruiting classes. So, uh, but I, I, you know, I think Virginia is a team I'm watching. I think that they're probably going to get off to a slow start. Uh but I, I think they'll be fine. I think Virginia Tech, uh, Mike Young has done a great job there yeah. for a period of time. Uh, of course, he had he had a good base to work with. But, uh, uh, you know, Keve Aluma came with him. Uh, and I see that you guys have Keve Aluma as one of your All-Americans. And I, I agree with yeah. that. Um, so, I, you know, I think that uh, Florida State will be better than they, you think. I think Virginia is going to be better than you think. I think Virginia Tech is going to have a really good season. Somehow Brad Brownell always gets the best out of Clemson, even though they have some significant losses. Uh, I think people with uh, – I read an article somewhere that uh, Armando Baycott from North Carolina is going to shoot threes, and I think that's fine as long as he makes threes. Otherwise, I think <laughs> – uh, 
but I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens with North Carolina. Uh, you know, Roy Williams been a long time since he actually played, so he never scored any points, but uh, <laughs> he was certainly a successful coach. It'd be interesting to see how Hubert does. You know, uh, North Carolina State uh, has been building for a little while. I, I think that, uh, you know, they, they have a possibility to be able to have some success. Uh, uh, you know, I, <laughs> Syracuse is always a threat. I, sure. I think, you know, maybe the, there's there's not the – this may be another one of those years where you don't have three ACC teams as number one seeds when we get to the NCAA tournament, but I think it'll be a very uh, competitive year in the conference. And with with the changes in the game, some some recent bout of conference shifting, the uh, name, image, and likeness, the uh, transfer one time without penalty. How do you see those changes collectively affecting the game? I certainly hope that we don't get to a point where we forget about what makes the NCAA tournament great and leave out the mid majors. I know you've seen, like you mentioned, Cleveland State. Do you think these changes uh, will affect, I guess is what I'm saying, the NCAA tournament somehow, some way? Well, you know, I don't know. Unless they they change the uh, selection criteria and the changes that they've made, you know, all this analytics stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and everybody swears by it, but it's predictive analytics. Anybody who's ever played fantasy football knows that that, that's, it's, there's a word for that. It's called fantasy. It's just, you know, uh, you know, it's like the weather report. Who the heck knows? (laughs) uh, And I think those kind of changes have disadvantaged some of the the mid majors or low majors, but they continue to be in the tournament and they continue to have success in the tournament. So, you know, I don't know. I think we have this perception about the name, image, and likeness that it is going to be almost a total benefit to people at the big schools. But I've read stories. I was trying to think of this because I knew this would come up today. But I was trying to think. I read a story very early in the process about two young women who might have been rowers at some school who, because they had so many followers on social media, were going to make a yeah. killing on this name, image, and likeness. And I think that the name, image, and likeness may end up being a great democratic kind of thing because folks like that, uh, based on your personality, based on your work ethic, based on your entrepreneurship, based on your imagination, you may be able to play at a uh, 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 South Carolina upstate or whatever they call it now. Uh, and you still may be able to be unbelievably successful in that sort of a venue. So I'm not sure that the various changes that we've seen are going to alter college basketball in terms of who gets in the NCAA tournament that quickly over time. Yes, but I really don't know what that alteration will be. Dan, great to have you with us. Really appreciate you spending a few minutes, and we'll, we'll see you on TV very soon. Looking forward to the season. Okay, thanks for the invitation, guys. Thanks, Dan. Oh, you're welcome. Well, that was Dan Bonner, of course, longtime college basketball analyst. Great to have him with us on the show today. Chris, as we finish up, we want to wish the best to ESPN legend Dick Vitale. Announced this week he's been diagnosed with lymphoma. It's his second round with cancer in really recent times, and he said he would have steroid treatments and six months of chemo. That guy's raised so much awareness and money for cancer research over the years. The Jimmy V Foundation always, always worked there. 
and it was really cool to see everybody returning the favor to Dick Vitale uh, when that announcement was made. And we, we just wish him absolutely the best. Just a great ambassador for basketball and uh, uh, hopefully many more years on TV. A guy, you know, we were talking about the Rolling Stones earlier. Dick Vitale's like 82 and, and still going strong. But yeah. uh, wish him all the best. Yeah, I, I texted him last night and said, if anybody can beat the big C twice, it's you. You know, it's a cruel coincidence that a guy that's been an absolute warrior battling cancer has come down with it uh, himself. Uh, there's no telling how many lives uh, he's saved and enriched with all the money he's raised for cancer research. Of course, his buddy Jim Vavano, as everybody knows, passed away from cancer. And that just redoubled these efforts. And people need to know in, in this age of Twitter trolls where you know, Dick's excitable and his style rubs some people the wrong way and his opinions on Twitter have have drawn some some responses from idiots that, that don't know him. This dude is genuine from the get-go. Uh, quick little story. I, the first time I met him, uh, uh, it was at a game here in Chattanooga and I actually went down and shot a few hoops with him and he said, oh, Chris, blue ribbon, a Give me your address. I'll send you some stuff. And I I thought, yeah, sure. And about a, w- a week later, a, a package shows up, and, and there's one of his books, his magazine, like a like a, a, a DVD and and a, a hat. And <laughs> Blue Ribbon is awesome, baby. You know, he, he autographed everything. And he is as genuine as it gets. Uh, his appeal is no shtick. It's, it's, it's no – trickery. Dick Vidal is one of the kindest and most decent humans that you'll ever want to meet. And yeah, we wish him the best. Yeah. I've uh, crossed paths with him once or twice. Once when I was a, gosh, I was probably a teenager. I might've been 12 or 13 years old. I saw him at a game at Western Kentucky and I was like, early mid eighties, he really hadn't been, uh, you know, broadcasting for nearly as many years as he has now. And, uh, I think I got his autograph on a program or something like that. And then, uh, just a few years ago, he came out with a new book and, and my mom actually got it for me for Christmas. It got me an autographed, uh, uh, edition of that and he's just widely known as being just a really genuine guy and 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 you're right. He's done so much to help so many people. So all the best to Dick Vitale. And one more thing, if I might, um, yes, sir. you know, he, he's synonymous with ESPN's rise and that is synonymous with college basketball's rise. There's no doubt about it that ESPN fueled by Dickie V's enthusiasm helped grow the game of college basketball. And I was in San Antonio in 2008 when he was inducted into the hall of fame. And I went up to him and said, you know, that's as richly deserved. And he thanked me, uh, but everybody was saying that to him because it, it was richly deserved. Yeah. That'll do it for this edition of the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Podcast. The season is approaching, and uh, Chris, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, buddy. He's Chris Dorch. I'm Kevin Ingram. We'll talk to you next time.